0: Welcome to On Talking Sensitivity. (laughs) Oops. If you don't have to pee, it's Tuesday. I mean, it's still Tuesday, but, you know, it's Tuesday and it's uh, August 1st, 2017. I had to think about that for a second. If you do have to pee, though, Um, we'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. just wait.
1: Mhm. Mhm. All right, I'm not waiting for this guy.
0: What's no. uh what's Wash next? your hands. Wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> uh it's on taking pictures it is uh episode number 275. Ooh. 275 on taking pictures weekly photography talk Bill Wadman in the Brooklyn Jeffrey Sidoris in the Silver Spring. And uh, can we can we begin with a with a little a little uh, memorial discussion? Sure. Uh, Sam Shepard recently passed away. Yeah, um, ALS. I didn't realize. Yeah. Did you iconic, know he had ALS? I did not. I did not. Um, iconic actor. I mean, I think you know, and, and I, I I tweeted about this. I can't think of anybody who who's sort of more. Exemplified the spirit of the American West than Sam Shepard as an actor, um, you know, playwright. One, of, one of, I mean, next to Shakespeare, my favorite playwright. And I, I've seen a few of his productions, and you know, write stuff can't go wrong with that. Right. Um, he was great in Swordfish with John Travolta and uh, and um,
1: wait,
2: he's in
0: Swordfish. He, yeah, he's the senator that John oh, Travolta right. kills in the in the when he's fly fishing. Right, yeah, that's
1: where. It, yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. Country with Jennifer Lang or uh, Jessica Lang. That was a terrific movie. And uh, uh, Jaeger in yeah, Jaeger the right and the right, right stuff, stuff. Yeah, with and 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 as somebody pointed out, because uh, somebody tweeted me about it, and I said, yeah, I love the scene at Poncho's w- when he and Barbara Hershey are then riding the horses through the desert. Yeah, and uh, and and a listener pointed out, yeah, with with like the real Chuck Yeager in the background of that shot when they're sitting in the bar. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, that's he's kind of sitting there having a having a a, a beverage, um. But yeah, it, it, I hmm, bummer too soon. You know, I mean, he was seventy three, but still, it feels too soon.
1: Right, 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 right. Yeah, a uh, good looking guy.
0: I yeah I yeah I mean just you know devilishly handsome. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, had terrific hair. Had had this great chiseled face, and there was just a lot. In in every performance that I ever saw him in, there there was so much going on behind you know behind his eyes. I believed every bit of it. I believed every word. The movie could suck, but I believed him. You know, in the same way that I that I I believe Chris Cooper or sure. you know Ed Harris or any of these like terrific character actors, um, yeah. So yeah, that's sad, Sam Shepard. So, uh,
1: how was your trip uh, out west?
0: Uh. Good. Okay. Good. Um, I don't miss the traffic at all. I mean, it takes... Oh, yeah. It, anywhere you want to go. Doesn't matter. If it's 16 miles away, it takes an hour. If it's 12 miles away, it takes an hour. 20 miles away, it takes... It seems like everything took an hour to get anywhere.
1: Was it, This is your first time back in a couple of years.
0: No, no, we were, we you were, were there a last few year. months ago just for, for... Oh, right, 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 quick, right, for a work quick trip or something, yeah. Um, but... Uh, I got to see uh, family. Got to see friends. Okay, th- this this will kind of blow your mind. So we're we're in Burbank, right? Okay, so East Coast to West Coast, Burbank. Uh, we're having dinner with uh, Patrick and Rochelle, his fiance, sure. at this little Italian place in Burbank called Pinocchio's, which is uh, like a, a, a half of the place is an Italian restaurant, and the other half is an Italian market where you can get you know, pasta and prosciutto and cheeses and like all, all kinds of sort of just Italian goods. Sure. Right. And next door to this place is uh, um, like a comics slash uh, movie memorabilia place called blast from the past. Okay. And as we were, as we were going up to the place, I was like, Oh, maybe if we have time, I'd, I'd love to, you know, poke my head into this place. So we have dinner and, and it's, it's fine. It's great. And we're walking back to the car and, And I said, Hey, can can we pop in here for a second? And, uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So we go in and, and we, we walk through the door and in the back of the place, they're having, uh, we, we, we found out they were having this like horror movie trivia night. Okay. Where everybody splits up into teams and they ask questions, blah, blah, blah. But I walk into this place and I see in profile somebody I know. And I'm like, I, I think I know that. I think that's Don Jankowitz, who I went to high school with, one of my best friends in the world. He and his brother Pat, um, and they had uh, another brother Tom, who sadly died last year. Who uh, he was a, a screenwriter, wrote *Gross Point Blank* with John Cusack. Um, so I go in, and I haven't I haven't seen these guys in years. But there they are, both Donald and Patrick, at this horror trivia night, and they live an hour away. So I'm just odd that they were there. Yeah. I'm trying to calc the odds of, of, I'm, you know, on the other side of the country in this little comic place in Burbank. They're an hour from home on a Thursday night. And it was just mind blowing, you know, to, to, to run into these guys. And it was, it was terrific seeing them. I, I hadn't seen them, uh, in a a while. In fact, the last time I saw them was at their father's funeral. So not, not a happy occasion, unfortunately. Um, but it was great to see them. And I just, it was, so the store
1: lived up to its name.
0: Yeah. Blast from the past. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, And then we, you know, we had, we had dinner with another friend of mine who uh, uh, has the most amazing toy collection I've ever seen in my life. And he's, he collects uh, movie TV toys, you know, new in box kinds of things. Sure. But he's got some really incredible pieces. He's got one of the, one of the original, uh masks from planet of the apes from the nineteen seventy six version does he wear it uh no 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 no, no okay no. uh he's got uh uh the prototype one of the prototype at at walkers that tippett's team used for animation tests for star wars wow yeah yeah it's just some really amazing pieces in his collection so it was it was fun to see them um yeah the,
1: uh, wait, who's, who's, uh, was that, uh, you didn't buy a Fuji.
0: I did not buy a Fuji. Oh, okay. I borrowed, I will buy a Fuji. That is, that is, that is the one. They're out of stock, unfortunately now. Really? But I, yeah. Uh, I borrowed Patrick's X-T2. For how and, long? Uh, just not, not long, just a little okay. while. Um, while we were out, you know, while we were out there, I gave it back to him. But I got to tell you. You know, nice my, camera. my, my very late to the game review, uh, probably the best digital camera I've ever used Right, in terms of feel ergonomics. It feels terrific in the hand. It is responsive. The viewfinder is gorgeous. Uh, he, uh, it, you know, it was so funny. He, he had, he brought it to me in an ONA little ONA, uh, I think it's a Brixton bag, leather yeah. bag, a couple batteries. batteries. Uh, and with the, uh, the 23 mil one four, not the, not the new F2, but the, the previous version, the one four. Right. And man, is that a sharp lens? Sure. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so handling is great. The Acros, uh, Acros, Acros, I don't know acros. how you pronounce it correctly. Acros. I think so. Uh, that film simulation is beautiful. It's black and white, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, I posted a shot, just straight out of camera of that it's beautiful um the autofocus is stupid fast i mean really 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 fast um i, I mean i don't have a negative about it there's there's not the, one uh, thing the
1: 24 megapixel sensor seems to have the same magic the 16 had you know i haven't
0: looked at them on a on a large monitor yet yeah. um but you know i i wouldn't you be surprised from it yeah. Yeah. I brought okay. pictures home. I'll go through them when I, when, you know, probably this afternoon. Yeah. Um, but performance wise, you know, they say you even get better performance when you attach the grip because you know, the grip really? you're adding. Yeah. You're, you're adding two more batteries in the grip. So you get higher frames per second. Uh, there's a, there's a boost mode, what it's called a boost mode, uh, that adds, uh, some additional, um, uh, performance to the, to the, to the already incredible performance of this camera.
1: Yeah. I'm wondering um, if, it, if the Fujis have finally gotten to the point where, and I know people love them and I love the older ones too, but there was always this sort of sluggishness to a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have now that, that uh, tech has caught up with what they're trying to do with them. Does that make sense?
0: It it feels like it has. There's a, there's a pre autofocus mode that's on it as well that you can enable or disable. So even, even without half pressing, the lens is always searching. Okay. You know, it's, it's always, it's ready it's when always you are Then, yeah. it's ready when, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, That's I zoomed two in, the battery. <laughs> yeah, I zoomed in on the back of the camera on every shot that I took and I don't think one of them was out of focus. And I did some shooting from the hip. I yeah. did, you know, just, you know, as, as fast as I could raise the camera from my hip and fire and, uh, to, 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 to my knowledge, at least looking at the back of the camera, every one of them was in focus. Yeah. Which is night and day, um yeah. and you know the, here's the other thing i took I took that 23 and put it on my X pro one, and it was fantastic. It was
1: faster I mean, than your... much
0: faster than the 35 so and, and I put the 30 my 35, both of them are one fours too, right? Yes. are they similar um, build like similar size and shape and everything? Uh, no, the thir- I think the thirty-five is a little heavier. All right, so you um, took the thirty-five and put it on. I took his, the thirty-five and, and put it on the XT two, and it performed great. So, so there's something about the combination of the X Pro one and that thirty-five one four. Yeah, that it, it, It's it. I mean, when it locks, it locks, and it's tack sharp. Um, but I notice a huge performance difference in in the next generation. You know, from from X X Pro One to XT Two. Sure. Is, well, know. I
1: mean, that's th- three generations. You know, I yeah. Mean, to I mean, some extent. The yeah, um yeah. so basically, it's interesting when you were using the what is it, twenty three millimeter? You yeah. said twenty three millimeter. Essentially, mil what you were using is an X one hundred F. I mean, it's well, you know focal it's, length wise, but yeah, performance same, is same blows sensor. it away. Oh even the even the new one? The, the- oh yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. the new one was per- supposed to be pretty fast.
0: It one. is pretty fast, but but the X T two is their that's their flagship camera. That's, what do they that's charge the, for that? Uh sixteen ninety nine. Sixteen ninety nine body. They had a special going for Oh gosh. It, it you got the grip for like a hundred dollars. Um And, uh, so I, but it's, it's brilliant. I mean, it's out. like I said, it's out of stock, but, uh, I've got an auto notify on when it's back in stock, it will be in my hands. It's a brilliant, brilliant camera. And I'm so thankful that I got a chance to actually play with one out in the field rather than, you know, just standing in the, in In Sammy's or something playing with it. Um, low light is terrific. Um, multiple frame. I mean, it's, it's fast. Interesting yeah it's well, fa- and the, like i said viewfinder gorgeous yeah uh, manual focus peaking fantastic manual focus functionality the only manual the, 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 where in my opinion, where the fujis fall apart is in that that focus by wire i I just don't like it. I wish they would have done something like Olympus does for for some of their lenses where you've got a clutch uh you can focus by wire in one mode, but if you if you slide the clutch the focus ring is on a clutch mechanism. If you slide that towards you, now you're in actual mechanical manual focus mode. And I wish Fuji, especially for what they charge for lenses, I wish they would have implemented some sort of manual clutch mode um, to the entire lens line. Yeah.
1: You know, it's interesting. I'm just looking at the... uh, I was just flipping through Fuji rumors not to make this a Fuji show, but mm -hmm. uh, as of two days ago, apparently the GFX... Which is the new medium format one? Seven hundred dollar off instant rebate, five fifty seven ninety eight on Amazon. Yeah, I I, uh, I that think the price has plummeted. Do you have it, to didn't trade it, it in ten grand?
0: No, no. It was, I think it was eight.
1: Was it eight originally? Okay, so the list out, price yeah. is now sixty four ninety nine minus seven hundred dollars instant rebate, down yeah. to fifty
0: seven ninety eight. You know, I, the people that I know that have it love it. Um, they say it's a beautiful camera. Yep. I just, you know, I don't need the size. I don't oh, need no, no, no. It's, it's, the megapixels. it's too big
1: just to carry around like that. But
0: Yeah. If you get a chance, though, even if you just go to B&H, take a look through the X-T2 viewfinder. It is really beautiful. And, oh, yeah. and supposedly, the, that's another area where, where you get a little performance boost when you're using the grip because it ups the refresh rate in, oh, in the viewfinder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, bel- I want to say it's 100 hertz. It goes from, I think it goes from 75 to a hundred. Correct me if I'm wrong. Those people out there, I didn't get through the entire manual, but any of you that are using the X-T2, just, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Podcast it on takingpictures.com. I loved it. I mean, I, I, I I can't really gush over it any more than I have. I, I love the idea of the X-Pro2 from a form factor standpoint, but man, going back to a center viewfinder, because I shoot left eye, that it felt so good. Interesting i yeah.
1: um yeah, maybe I think one more generation, and I would get one, or I might get one as like a second camera, not like the maybe not that one, maybe the x one hundred f they're not that bad, they're like what twelve ninety nine or twelve ninety nine yeah
0: yeah, you not could probably find one use in fact, uh, I have a friend uh who just bought um an x t two while I was in. California. He bought one from B and H from their used department. Yep. Uh, and it was listed as a nine five, you know, on their their quality scale, which yeah. is basically,
3: you know, like there
0: are yeah, there are no marks right. on it. Uh, and uh, he got it, and he said it was in. He said it looked brand new. He said it looked it looked how like they you, hadn't even taken out of the box.
1: Buying used gear in general, like my um, Pentax, I bought used, um, because I got a really good deal on it. But I mean, in general, do you do you like to buy new ones? I,
0: well, I, I've I've purchased a refurb Nikon. Um, it depends on the camera. I mean, if uh, a camera like the XT two, I don't know that I would buy it used randomly from you know eBay seller, you know, Photo Guy seven two five, you know, whatever right. it is. Would I buy one from like KEH or Why are you B&H? being such a
1: jerk to Alan? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: yeah, I would buy one from from you know a reputable source. Yeah um just because there's some recourse you know they offer some uh first of all there's a return policy if there is something wrong with it and they do offer a uh their own in-house warranty um my fear would be getting you know a, a camera that's like a gray market camera something goes wrong with it and then you're on the hook for for any sort of repair right yep 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 you know i mean these things are are their computers they're 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 expensive to repair
1: even more so than they used to be
0: yeah so anyway so xt2 10 out of 10 for me uh, there's nothing on the camera that i would change um i might add one video of the video quality uh you know I, I only shot a couple little clips but it looked terrific um the Actually, I take that back. If if there was something I would change, it would be the record limit. I don't I don't know if it's a heat limit or if it's an import thing where they have to re- then reclassify minutes? it as a as a video camera. Yeah, it's ten minutes without the grip, thirty minutes with the grip.
1: Uh, it could be a battery thing too.
0: It could be a battery thing because it is still using uh, the one twenty six batteries that the x pro and xt1 and you know all the other ones use. although there is a special edition version of the battery now but it's the same physical size and that I'm high res sh-
1: mode on the olympus would be useful for you and your work
0: absolutely yeah, yeah. that the 50 what is it no 60 68 yeah. megapixel something like that yeah um so we'll see but it but man does it feel good in the hands
1: Yeah. very cool
0: yeah so um, anyway
1: so you got to see a lot of shows out there
0: it seems Yes, like. uh, went to the Getty, and I was okay. There's a photographer I, I wanted to share this. Thank you for letting me share this. This guy I, I've never heard of him before. Chris Killip is his name, um, and you know we we've talked about a number of photographers who who seem to be uh, s- some bodies of work are are very representative of their place in the world, yeah. of their time, of their place, of 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 a place. In in the world, and I felt like that very strongly uh, with this this Chris Killip show, nineteen um, eighties um, uh, Northern England communities in the late seventies and early eighties, and you know never having been there. These are some uh, depressing looking pictures. <laughs> there there's there's a. <sighs> There's an austerity to them. There's a there's a there's a hopelessness to yes. them in some cases, but the composition oh, and yeah. and and the 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 exposure and the way that they're I mean it's just look at this shot number eight out of ten somebody just left a car in the surf and this guy is going by on a horse drawn wagon standing up in the back of this wagon yeah uh, and then nine out of ten the next photograph of of this 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 kid, just I don't know what's going on there, and then number ten out of ten, this print was there uh first time that that this boy had had gone back into the uh the ocean after losing his father after his father drown in a boating accident um I mean they were just heartbreaking, but they seemed to capture the 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 mood of of that place, yeah. Yep. They seem to capture the angst. They seem to capture the hopelessness. They seem to capture the desolation in some of these communities on the coast in Northern England. And I mean, I, I, I just couldn't, I was, I was really moved by these photographs. Um, and it's only there for another couple of weeks. So I'm so glad we got a chance to to see it. And it's, it's a pretty good size collection. I mean, there must have been, oh gosh, 70, 80 pictures? Yeah, yeah, maybe even more. I mean, it it, it was a really good size um, exhibit. Exhibit. There are a lot of also.
1: I think we forget in history a lot of times the the downside of change. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. this is this is of of an era in England where deindustrialization was taking place. The factories were leaving. A lot of right. these towns, like Birmingham and Manchester, and stuff, were we're kind of dying in the same way that, you know, Detroit and, and Cleveland or, you know, whatever the Midwest town equivalents would be here or, or the town. My father grew up in Waterbury, Connecticut, which was a brass town, you know, it was all about clocks and all this kind of stuff and all that stuff leaves. And then the, you know, what is, what does the next generation do? And right. Right. um, And so looking back on these pictures from the seventies and early eighties and this kind of stuff of these people in these towns that are largely forgotten now. It's mm-hmm. like, what happens yeah, to all these people's lives who grew up in nothingness? It's like, maybe some of them got out. Maybe some of them went to London. Maybe some of right. them are still there. It's like, what are they doing for a living? You know, and, and just these generations of people that get forgotten about. Right. Because they're born at, at the, born picture. At the just wrong time.
0: Look at pasted into Skype for you. This, this was up too. This There was a, a gelatin <clears throat> print of this guy. You think it's the, of the
1: same set of the other guy?
0: Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, who the hell rides a a wagon with a horse through the surf? Yeah. If you maybe, maybe add this link into the show notes, a beautiful photograph. Uh, they remind me a lot of Jim Mortram's work, um, small town inertia. Okay. Yep. 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 Um, but man, I very moved, very, very moved. Um, so, uh, check the links in the show notes, uh, or look up Chris Killip. K I L L I P.
1: I put a bunch of links in the show notes. Okay. It'll be so, in there.
0: Yeah. You, so that you, was good. You think it's a um, lot, uh,
1: you like? You think it's like the Fan Ho stuff.
0: Yeah. And that, it, it's very similar. In Fan Ho, uh, brilliant photographer, the photos that he took of Hong Kong um, in, what was it, the 40s, 50s? 50s and 50s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a, a, again, Captured the spirit of of a place. Captured, you know, kind of what what our mind's eye often goes to when we think about some of these places. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So that was just kind of an addendum. And then in the next room was uh, uh an exhibit called "Happy Birthday, Mr. Hockney," and it was a bunch of of Hockney's uh David Hockney's uh Polaroid photo collage pieces.
1: Which, in my uh, opinion, are some of my favorite pieces he's done. They especially are fantastic, the, especially the later ones, like the one of the the pool, like the one of the. Um, well, actually, a few. The paint trolley one, which is yep. is pretty great. That was there, uh, and the uh, the one of the uh, um, the street out in the middle of nowhere. The yeah, pear blossom highway. Yeah, yeah, that one is Bill, that
0: thing is gigantic. Is it really? Oh, it's humongous. So he I made think there, a bunch of prints, and yeah, I think there's eight hundred and some odd photos. That that make up this this picture. Do you think I mean, that he
1: actually shot all those shots, or do you think it was he shot wider shots and cut parts out of them to create the larger
0: work? I would think that he shot all of them. I want to believe that that he just, in the same way that he shot individual Polaroids, um, I, I want to think that that's that that's what it was. Um, that could be a fun thing to do. Yeah, we I like do that the, one the, day. I a, like the different yeah. perspective. Yeah, I mean. What I'll put would you it up call it? week. Do it for this week. I think we've already done the one Have that we? put in for this week. Anyway, okay. yeah. All right, I think we'll, we'll so. do it this week then. Um, I when I worked at I worked at a, a post production facility uh, in the oh early '90s, I guess it was, and there was a guy that was that was they were editing a. I don't know if it ever aired, but it was a Nike commercial, and the director they they built a rig that had multiple cameras with multiple focal lengths on it to give this kind of effect as, as as Pear Blossom Highways, as that shot, to give a similar effect, but in motion. And it was, you know, people running through the scene, but you'd have slightly different focal lengths and slightly different positions, but then it was all composited into one single frame um, uh, for the commercial. Right. Yeah, it was really neat.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know. Didn't the remember the REM video where it was one second? It was a bunch of people in the shot, and it was like one second shot in slow motion, and Mm-mm. they would zoom into different pieces of it. And basically, they had like a hundred different people or whatever it is, and all of them were saying a different line over the course of like the second and a half that they filmed. Oh, okay. And they would just keep zooming into different parts of the of the of the video show huh. the person like syncing
0: up with the you see what i'm trying to say like yeah 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 i don't uh, I'll, I'll find it. yeah see if you can find it i don't know that i remember it off, uh, off the top of my head
1: yeah I'll, I'll i'll find uh imitation of life it could be yeah let me see okay. this is it um because it was uh yeah i think this is yep yeah this is it i'll put a link in the show notes okay um yeah, it's cool stuff. Apparently yeah, it was we, really neat. That's a beautiful we, building, man. We did do collage uh, in episode one forty six, but I, want, I figured this is something kind of different. Okay, isn't what,
0: it? what about uh, what about a, a collage composite or, or something with like multiple fields of view or something?
1: All right, let's say collage composite. Well, we'll get back to that later. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Hockney's uh, paintings. I I know that he's he's one of those guys who's considered. You know, like the classic one of the pool. Yeah, you know what I mean. that like the stuff from the seventies that sort of made his bones. Sure, I've never quite understood it. You know what I mean? I, I've 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 looked at them and I go, eh, I guess you know, but they never really did anything for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I I will say that I think some of these photographic things are actually more interesting to me. Yeah, than uh, than some of those things are.
0: Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what I love about Hockney is his willingness to play his willingness to experiment, whether it's point of view, media, uh, you know, he's embraced photocopiers and inkjet printers sure. and paint and collage. And he was one of the first in fact he may have I think he was the first major artist to uh to play with with uh uh electronic media uh with the the Quantel paint box that came out I think sure. eighty oh gosh eighty eight something like that he was the first serious artist that that uh uh that experimented with these kinds of things and and i think that's you know i i think in that way he is is kind of the embodiment of a modern artist you know in in the sense that he is he is not just a painter he is not just uh, a photography is not j- he's experimenting with with both the message and the medium as as Marshall McLuhan would say yeah um definitely you know. one of those guys who I respect more for
1: how he did what he did rather than yeah what he yeah did, yeah you know?
0: yeah you may not like what he did like but, Warhol I don't care about yeah. I
1: don't care for Warhol's work but I find absolutely. Warhol's thought process interesting
0: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely
1: yeah it was uh by the way I took my mother my mother was in town the other day and I I there's there's you know, a bunch of things going on right now. There's this giant Frank Lloyd Wright show at MoMA that's all drawings of his. That's what it is. It's like, and you know, the, the, you know, it kind of reminds me, Jeffrey, of how many, he designed a thousand buildings. Yep. 500 of which were ever realized.
0: Yeah. You know, how much, and and many of them had the textiles and the furniture and the lighting instruments and the uh, top to bottom. Right.
1: Right. 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 And I, you know, I have a friend who's a, who's a very well-known, uh comedy TV writer and uh, I was hanging out with a common friend of ours the other day and and we were just talking and, and you know, we were talking about the stuff that he's done. That's very, very famous. But then I was like, Oh, what happened between those things? And he, my friend starts listing all these things he worked on that never really got off the ground. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and it it's, it's a reminder that for every hit somebody gets, there's a lot of misses and that it's okay to miss, you know? Right. That that it's 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 just about throwing darts at the board. Some of them are gonna hit bullseye and some of them are gonna miss and and hit hit the person coming out of the bathroom. Here, you know I'm
0: gonna send this to you. Speaking of Frank Lloyd Wright, this, this uh Fielding pointed this out to me last week. Uh it is it is a Frank Lloyd Wright home for sale, but look at this thing. It is it is it looks like it was just built. Yeah, let me see. Nineteen fifty eight to nineteen sixty. Uh it's wow. stunning. Wow. Absolutely stunning. How much do they charge them for that? I think it's one point seven million. Which, no. which, in the grand scheme of things, is actually not that bad. Yeah. The I thing mean, about
1: Frank Lloyd Wright buildings, though, is that there, <laughs> there's a lot of problems with
0: a lot of them. Right? <laughs> like there's there's uh, there leaks and be. all
1: things. Yeah. Can Funky. Look at that.
0: But this is a be- maybe you can put this in the show yeah, notes while you're, while you're I'll talking about that. Yep. Beautiful home. Oh, that's funny. Um, if I had the money, I'd buy it just to own it.
1: Well, you, you could, uh, yeah, I think, you know, we'll do some ads this month and you can pay for it. Right. (laughs) Right. Um, the (laughs) uh,
0: house brought to you by
1: Casper. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, I put the Quantel paint box in the, in the show notes too. Oh yeah. There's a
0: video Um, on YouTube about it. I think. think Oh, about him and Hockney. Yeah. uh, Hockney sitting there using, he's, he's like smoking a cigarette, drinking coffee, using a paint box.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah! I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Uh, he also, it's, it's, Hockney's also one of those guys who, I mean, he's, he was, uh, he's a chain smoker, right? Isn't that sort uh, of...
0: Was at one point. I don't know if he still is, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, From
1: 1986, exploring the Quantel paint box system for BBC two documentary series. Yeah, there you go. Oh, I got to watch That's that. It. Yeah. It's, it's, right. it's terrific. I'll put that in show notes too. Um Hey, there's a couple of things in here that I want to get to, but uh, yes. uh, we are. I mean, we're doing fine, but we're not. You know, we don't have tons of time. I just want to throw a couple of things in, and we'll get back to the other
0: crazy stuff. Yeah, uh, no,
1: go ahead. My my printer. Wait, did I did the universe? I are we
0: doing that one or are you yeah? Doing the we'll printer?
1: we'll get to that in a minute.
0: Okay, uh, flush. Oh, your uh, flush lines. Okay. Yeah,
1: so did I tell you how my printer died recently? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have a Epson R three thousand. Uh, and the black in the middle of a print, the black just started, stopped printing. So it looked solarized all the, all the prints I put through it. Actually, what I should have done is use that as like a weird artistic thing, of you know? Right. Um, but, but for the last, I, I tried the cleaning cycle a bunch of times. I tried pulling out the inks, putting them back in. I tried, you know, I tried all the, 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 the different things you're supposed to do. Uh, nothing worked. And so my friend, Randy Duchesne has the same printer, had the same problem last year and uh when i mentioned it i think on the show or i mentioned it to him he said oh yeah yeah i know that i i i know that that's something i can fix i was like really so he came over the uh, here the other day with a syringe and some clear tubing and glass plus ammonia glass cleaner oh okay and so first of all you 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 put the ammonia glass cleaner in the little um Sponges that soak up the excess ink. You oh, know, they're sure. sort of like okay. these reservoir things, right? And that okay. sort of okay. breaks it up and, and dilutes that stuff. And then uh, that didn't do the job. We tried putting uh, uh, the the soaked stuff underneath the print head and then run it underneath, like clean the actual right. head. Right. So, you the, know, like. so the
0: print head kind of rubs across the sponge. Exactly, right. Yeah, sure, sure. That
1: didn't work because I tried that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did work is pulling out the inks, at least the, a couple of black inks, and basically pumping glass plus into the ink uh, tube that goes to the head from f- like between so ba- f- the, cartridge from the, the, from the
0: cartridge to the head. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I got you.
1: So, you know, we, we put some in there and did like, you
0: take the, the head out or like disconnect from the head or, no. or did you let it go through the head? Just, I think we just let it go through the
1: head. We just, huh. we didn't disconnect anything. We just let like basically put it in the line mm-hmm. and uh, we, we went to lunch, we came back. And the little sponge things that usually soak up all this stuff were suddenly dark again, as if Mm. the ammonia going through did break up some sort of clog in the line.
0: Interesting.
1: So we ran a quick head test and where before, you know, it does those like little zigzag things of each color. Yeah. Yeah. Little zigzag
0: dashes. Yeah, Yeah. Sure.
1: Uh before I was getting nothing in the black, like zero, like nothing was coming out this time. It was almost complete, like 95% complete. So I was like, Oh, huh. that's interesting. Yeah. So, and, and more so at the end of the printing. So I just went and printed an actual picture, came out perfect. Huh? Now the problem with this is that you've basically flushed the line, which means a lot of black ink that was in there went out. Right.
0: Yeah. A lot of milliliters are now gone. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Right.
1: And it's and all the turning on and off and turn on and off and on and off to do this is sucking ink. Just doing the te- the startup tests, you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I just wanted to mention this as a this is a reasonable thing to do. He got the syringe and the tubing at the uh, just at the CVS or whatever. Huh. At the, um, and uh, and it worked. So I mean, I I made a couple of prints. I haven't made any in the past few days. Where I guess I could do a little test to see if it's still doing what it's supposed to be doing. Uh, but for anybody out there, these things can be fixed. The annoying thing is that now I got to go buy, you know, $300 worth of ink, right? To like right. buy a whole new right. set of cartridges or whatever it is. Um,
0: uh, I'll send you, there, there's a, hmm. Let's how is uh-huh. your,
1: how is your Canon good as far as you know? Yeah, it's terrific. Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: And, and, and that's uh, ink
1: or, or uh, pigment or 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 dye. It's, it's dye. Okay. Uh,
0: but it's you know apparently fairly light The, the, the dye. newer dyes, yeah. It's life lifetime. Okay. Um, right. So uh, anyway, I just thought that might be interesting
1: to some of the. Well, people I'm glad you that. got it. I'm glad you got it handled. Yeah, because that was annoying. Because it was you know, no, what am I going to throw out a seven hundred dollar printer just because right. the black stopped printing one day? Um, it is annoying though that these things. Look, I understand a $200 printer not being built so you can take it apart and clean it and fix it. But at the point at which something's $700, it's a professional tool, you know,
0: like let's Uh, sure
1: let's, let's make these things. So at least,
0: you know, they don't make money for, by you having it forever.
1: I understand that. But, but at the same time, you know, this is, this is something that breaks in it. that can be fixed. You should be able to get in there and fix it. Sure. You know, although,
0: you know, and for what Epson charges for ink, they should, they should give you the printer. Yeah yeah because you you're know. gonna make it back on ink
1: right 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 but just yeah. oh god it's so frustrating anyway just wanted to put that out there all right um where do you, so we have a few things in here that are kind of larger conversation do you like any of them uh i like all of them
0: okay you um, want to talk about the
1: purpose one and then we'll
0: get to the other ones or? that sounds like a big one it does maybe what do you we'll think? keep that till next week yeah yeah uh, maybe leave it in the show notes for yep. people to read and then we can talk about it. Okay. So apparently yeah. the, the universe doesn't care about your purpose. <laughs> it's a, It was a New York Times opinion article about,
1: uh, you know, this, it, yeah, just people trying to figure, in a recent ethnographic study, draws a strong correlation between perf- purposefulness and happiness, which mm-hmm. is not anything new. But uh, purpose seems beneficial in overcoming substance abuse, healing from tragedy and loss, achieving economic success. I think that it would be interesting for you and I to discuss having some purpose in your work and having that be the key to happiness Absolutely. and does manufacturing a purpose you know an arbitrary goal is that
0: good enough yeah. or does it have yeah. to be something that inspires you on some higher level uh I have some thoughts around both of those so okay. yeah let's save that for next week that all could right be so I'll put discussion. in the, I'll
1: put a link in the show notes and if anybody wants to read that in the meantime uh please do yeah um,
0: can we talk I, about the cropping thing? You yeah, I think
1: this is actually kind of cool. I don't know how I bumped into this. This is a, uh, somebody, Krishna
0: Mohan. Yeah. This is an old,
1: old post mm-hmm. uh, on somebody's blog. Yeah. Krishna Mohan. Um, but in it has a few examples of sort of famous crops that people have done. Including right. the you know the famous shot of che Guevara, you know uh, the the a whole shot them.
0: with a guy on the side yeah uh, a bunch of them the Picasso yeah uh, you, you're, you're one of your favorite photographs in the world that shot of Stravinsky yeah
1: exactly yeah a lot of these Arnold Newman shots which is which is interesting because I always thought of Arnold Newman as a um uh the kind of guy who got it in camera as much as possible mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it, the other funny thing is that the Picasso shot I think that the larger one is just as successful in my opinion or I think the the the, the full one actually is still successful where I don't think the Stravinsky one is nearly as successful I, I think the crop version is far better yeah. than the original I,
0: I think I prefer the original of the Picasso to be honest with you yeah. There, there, yeah. there's some breathing room around him
1: there's also this weird thing Jeffrey and I know this is you know neither here nor there because there's people who are purists about cropping right Um, yeah sure just the idea that Arnold Newman was not only cropping but rotating and cropping Mm -hmm, which I think is mm -hmm. interesting you know Um, so I I just thought this was a really uh, weird article and then uh, this person this uh, Krishna goes on to uh, show some of their own picture of this bird and different ways to crop it and and finding it interesting
0: right uh, I think that was an interesting addition to the article you know take their own thing yeah, taking a, a photograph and showing here's what it would look like if we did this. Here's what it would look like if we did this. Yep. Just to so you can see uh, uh, the sort of emotional response or or aesthetic response to these different crops. Where do you place the subject? How do you frame the subject? Is is vertical more uh, 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 effective for this for this particular composition? Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, the um, you know I do that a lot. Like the picture I took last night, which was. Uh, of this guy who's a cook at this place in the in the area and the this other guy was cleaning up so he kind of came into the shot and so I got this picture which I actually really like but it was a wider shot and bigger and I ended up cropping square but there was a question of oh well there's more food on the counter do I do it like a five by four crop do I leave the whole thing full frame you know what I mean like mm-hmm, you can, mm-hmm. you really can start playing around with things It's one of the things I really liked about Lightroom that I haven't figured out a way to do in capture one which is to have, I know there's a variant thing in capture one, but it's not quite as intuitive as it is in Lightroom where you can basically make God, what does Lightroom call them? Where, it's, you know, you have multiple versions of, of a virtual copies, image. virtual copies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you could do virtual copies of it and make one black and white, one cropped,
0: one cropped this way, one, you know, and they show right. up as separate images in your. In and add your, those to a quick collection and look at them sort <laughs> of simultaneously. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then
1: because because the way I do it in capture one, I have to kind of keep manually going back and forth or or you know undoing redoing and, and it's just a little more uh sloppy but mm-hmm. but the whole idea of cropping an image after the fact to create a more successful composition it, you know there are times when if you're shooting a three by two or a four by three like my camera and you're you're plan to sh- crop square it's like well i shot it knowing i'm gonna crop square so i don't have to "Quote unquote," feel bad about it, (laughs) Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but then there's other times where you're just like, "Oh, would this shot be better cropped? Even though I thought I had it right in camera, and is there? And I know there isn't, but like sometimes I feel as if there's a moral component to that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, that's like that's that's you get into that. You know, you get into that, and and now you're well. I need to shoot. It's I'm shooting a portrait, so I have to shoot it in portrait mode. There's no such thing as portrait mode. I mean, it's it's sure. a, it's or a portrait fine lenses reference. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. a fine yeah. reference. But you know, there are some incredible portraits that have been taken in landscape or even panoramic. Oh yeah yeah, modes. yeah, 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 yeah. It's you know the nice thing about too having
1: piles and piles of pixels is that I can crop down to very small and still be have a perfectly reasonable eight by ten. You know what I mean? I could crop sure. into one quarter of you know one tenth of the of the shot and still have a good shot. Which is kind of what Newman is doing there. That crop of of uh Picasso is crazy tight, you know. Yeah. I and mean, luckily he's shooting a four by five or a five by seven or something. Um so he's got tons of stuff to work with. But I don't know. Interesting. I just thought it was interesting. Um so yeah cropping. Cropping. Did the, crop. the you do uh in the Fuji's can you do square crop in camera like so the EVF shows square or or whatever? Yes. Yes. Interesting. I feel like I don't know why Cameras don't do that more often.
0: Uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, seemed, I mean, it's it's it seems like it would be a a, an, a native function of the sensor, right?
1: Yeah, or or at the very least, the the software that's on the other side. I mean, mm-hmm. my my Pentax doesn't have that mode. My Canon's never had that mode, but I know that the Nikon's do. The Fuji does, and some of them. You know, it's just it's interesting that how many features there are in now these computational sort of cameras that really should be universal that aren't right. right. You know, uh, frame lines in, in the viewfinder, even if it's uh, old school one. Now it's just, come on. You have a grid going over the front of the viewfinder. That's led based. Like just let them put grids up and, and you know, crop lines or whatever the hell else they want to do. Right.
0: Um, anyway, just, just Agreed. To say
1: that. Um, what else?
0: Mm, where do you want to go here? Let me close that. I don't know. We have options. Uh, we have options uh, the archive thing is kind of interesting um, oh you know what we we, we <laughs> you've got this john morris thing oh. in here and it, like first thing i did was <laughs> look at the up. date yeah <laughs> uh, so last week we talked about sharkowski uh, and and you know sometimes the, the the way the internet works is is uh, people post and repost and repost and sometimes things get posted from several years ago and and In this case, 10-year you know, anniversary. Yeah, we, it was posted for the 10-year anniversary, and, and we didn't make that clear. And people were writing in going, oh, this guy died 10 years ago. Um, yes, so Sharkowski died 10 years ago, but- Nothing still, we said is
1: not true still. Yeah,
0: still yeah. very relevant and still someone who probably 80% of, of especially new photographers have no idea who he is and and should. Yep, yep. So- i think i think mm -hmm. uh i
1: think john morris is as well uh one of those people who was big who was the photo editor for pretty much everybody over the years um Mm -hmm. including time uh and life magazine during world war ii he worked at the times he worked at the post he worked at geographic he was uh, a guy at magnum um interesting I, ne- this I never never guy that- who edited Kappa's pictures okay well yeah we'll get to that in two seconds yes yeah. right, uh, also interestingly enough a lifelong Quaker and pacifist
0: uh-huh which uh-huh.
1: which how many you know actual I mean I am as a general rule of thumb a pacifist but how many people actually come out and and you know are are publicly a pacifist nowadays? um you know?
0: uh, true story my mother was raised Quaker really yep oh there you go well, yeah.
1: apparently uh, John Morris and Sorry. your mom,
0: <laughs> right. it's it's not a the big answer group, to that question. I mean, we don't, you know, they don't need big places to go, but <laughs> they don't have reunions all that often, but uh, right. Oop, I just whacked my mic. Sorry about that, guys. Quit whacking your mic.
1: Sorry. Um, I, th- yeah, you know, famously John Morris is the guy who gets up and tells the story about how Kappa's negatives were cooked in the dryer from D-Day and they were right. ruined and there's only 11 frames left. In this article, uh, he does bring up the idea that uh, he was covering that he may actually have been covering for for Kappa. Mm. Um, recalling the episode, he told NPR in 2002, "I said I can't believe it. So I ran to uh, to look at them. With him, held up the rolls one at a time. The first three were just soup. I couldn't see anything. But the fourth roll, the last one, there were eleven images that were discernible. Those pictures saved us. Blah blah blah." But recently, persuaded by newer theories that have since emerged, he came to believe that a darkroom error was not the reason for so few Kappa frames. He told James Estrin of the Times last December that he believes that Mr. Kappa had been so rattled during the withering fire in Omaha Beach that he only exposed 11. Hmm. So, interesting I mean, how... can you
0: blame him? Oh. I mean, not, if, if that's the Not case. at all. No, 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 yeah. no,
1: no, not at all. But it is interesting how the mythology changes, right? That was one of the classic stories of, of of photographic history in the 20th century you know right right uh, arguably the most famous story of of photojournalism in the yeah, 20th century yeah.
0: but look at the follow up paragraph to that bill Mr. Yeah. Morris went to Normandy himself within weeks of the invasion to see the Western Front for himself and better understand the photos he had been editing in London. Yeah. Allowed to walk ashore at Normandy, July 1944, he spent a month in the combat zone accompanying, accompanying photographers, including Mr. Kappa for life and the Associated Press. In Normandy, he and Mr. Kappa narrowly avoided being wounded when they came under fire from a German platoon. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was in it. He was in it. And
1: apparently he he did a series uh, in 1948 uh, called People Are People the World Over. By Mr. Morris' account, the series uh, partly inspired Steichen's F- The Family of Man exhibition, mm, of more than 500 mm, pictures. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everything has a precursor, right? Everything has sure. something that inspired somebody else. There's also interesting reading his entire life story, how many times he either left someplace because he got fired or, you know what I mean? Like there's lots right. of... Oh, he, he ran afoul of the deputy managing editor and he left the, left the post to work at the times. And, you know, he was the picture editor here, there, and the other place, um, which I find really interesting. Also, uh, you know, there's a whole contact sheet thing. Uh, I love some that picture sheet. Yeah. Yeah. Some really fascinating stuff. Um, I don't think I ever met him, but I wish I had, yeah. um, yeah. He's one of those guys who seemed like he was uh, everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in the history. Um, so yeah, very very sad, but lived to a hundred years old. I think when you live to a hundred,
0: you get to call it in and, and you're good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. You get, but you know, I've seen interviews of him in the past few years, still lucid and and telling the same old stories. So it's not like you know, he
0: had some sad decline over the last 15 years. Right. You know, he's just been sitting in a home somewhere. Um, Terrific quote at the end of the article. May I read this? Sure. Uh, Great photographers have to have three things. They have to have heart. If they're going to photograph people, they have to have an eye obviously to be able to compose and they have to have a brain to think about what they're shooting. Too many photographers have two of the three attributes, but not the third. Yeah. That's, that's terrific.
1: It's the good, fast, and cheap of photography.
0: Right, right, right. <laughs> uh,
1: it's also... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, You know, uh, you also got to think of how many people... You know when you hear stories of, oh, say, you know, Eugene Smith died in whatever year, right? And, you know, for the last few years, he was living in so-and-so Connecticut or whatever the story is, right? How many guys and gals out there who are heroes of their generation are these old people who are going to die and we're going to read a, a uh, obituary who maybe are just sitting at their houses, not doing anything that people could go find them. You know what I right. mean? And, and go hear talk. these
0: stories firsthand. Yeah. 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 Sure. You know sure. I mean?
1: I'm sure that, I mean, there's like the super famous guys who are always getting called up, but you know, how many artists it's just like, Oh, they worked, did all this stuff in the forties, fifties and sixties, and then spent their later life in Vermont and no
0: one talked to them. You know, it's right, just like, wait, right.
1: You know, they're up there sitting in Vermont.
0: There is a guy that I am I am I have been trying to get to and and need to be a little more diligent in my in my quest. But he uh, he's a friend of uh, of Hughes, who uh, apparently lives at Leisure World here in Maryland. Not not, you know, 10 minutes from here, over 100 years old. Was was uh, paratrooped in in World War II. Was a oh, photographer. Go talk to him, and uh, apparently still sharp as a tack, and loves to talk. You know, <laughs> so yeah. those are the kinds like to your point. So those He was are the a freshman when you were senior in high school. <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> right. <A> little shit. <laughs> <laughs> the uh
1: uh. So yeah. Uh, sorry to hear that John Morris is dead, but uh he uh he lived a very long. Life that was, uh, you know, he saw the world. Yeah, absolutely. Came back around again. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just very, very weird.
0: Uh, where do you want to go? You want to keep it short today because you got stuff to do. Uh, we could do that. I mean, we can save the big one, for the big discussion for next time. What else do we have in here? We got the. Uh, the oh, the, what's the? You, you wanna want to do to, the archives thing? Yeah, we could talk about that a little or bit. Or what else? What do you got? What do you got?
1: Yeah, let's do. Let's do the archives thing. So last week. We I brought up this this idea that, you know, there's all these famous photographers, including Robert Freeman, who was our photographer of the week last week. Uh, All those famous pictures of early Beatles covers and this kind of thing. And that his family was basically trying to put together money to protect what is sort of history. Um, and and I was just wondering, you know, whose responsibility is it to protect this stuff? Because you don't want to see it. Go to waste or, you know, these negatives sit in a drawer and they get lost and they end up getting thrown out. And now it's like no one knows where the original is anymore. You know, that kind of these kinds of stories. Right. And I wonder how much of this is our collective job as part of our society to maintain our own history Or if it's just the family of people who are going to make money on the pictures, that kind of thing. Or, you know what I mean? Like, where do you, where do you come down on that? And, and, and should there be some sort of library of Congress thing? The problem is that there's plenty of people who maybe took a handful of pictures in their lives that are important, quote unquote important Mm -hmm. at the time of their death. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, I, at some point by the time I die, maybe I've taken two pictures that, are important enough to be remembered, you know, like, okay, so do you just take those two pictures of mine or do you take everything? Cause you don't know what's going to be important later.
0: Right. Um, well, I mean, it, I think part of it comes down to the wish of the artist. I mean, we talked yeah. about Edward Albee a few weeks ago about, you know, I, I, anything that hasn't been produced or finished, I want it destroyed.
1: Yeah. 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 Would yeah. that be
0: valuable for the Edward Albee historical archive? Sure. Yeah. But that's that's the wish of the artist. I mean, I think you could make well,
1: the same case. that's different than the from, Edward
0: Albee original typed manuscript of the famous play, right? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but I think you could make the same case for Vivian Meyer. I mean, it, it, she obviously didn't feel a strong need to have her stuff out in the world, but yet she kept all the negatives. So what does that mean? Right, what do you, right, what right, are you right, left right. to do with that? My question around her is more, uh, is, is the guy who found... "Quote unquote, her work. Yep. Um, is is he? You know, it's sort of like the, the the scene in in Last Crusade. You know, what? Ask yourself why you seek the cup of Christ. Is it for His glory or your own? Right. You know. Uh, yep. That's that's kind of the the thing. Is Malouf looking to be famous as a curator or and capitalize on her, or does he really believe that this is work that needs to be seen? You know. And I think there are probably a, a number of people that that come across work and, and go, wow, this is really great work. I don't know. I don't know I Yeah, but what about people
1: who, who are sort of known quantities, right? I mean, you have somebody like like her who was just, dis- quote unquote, discovered, right? Right, right. But, so you a, know, a
0: known person.
1: Yeah. You know, Saul Leiter dies. He doesn't have any money. No one's collecting his prints then. And that stuff's all going to go in a trash heap somewhere,
0: you know? Right. What happens to it? Who should yeah. be in charge of it? You know, she, that's a tough one.
1: It's, it's a weird. you know, one. I remember when uh, 98, 99, I was working at a place called U.S. Interactive and uh, there was an art director whose name I can't remember now, which really bothers me, who, who was uh, working here from London mm-hmm. and working in our office. And he was a nice guy. Uh, he had just done a whole thing for what was the stock thing? Give me not Getty. What would have been some stock photo company in the late 90s? Photo something oh or rather? Maybe iStock Photo? No. It was not not iStock? No. Uh, was, anyway, he, he just had done their new website. So he had a free account to take anything he wanted. For okay. Flight. So it was like this handy little thing that we had in the office. Anyway, long story short, he invited me and a bunch of other people at work to a Christmas party at the apartment that he was staying at. And it turned out the apartment that he was staying at was Eisenstadt's apartment.
0: Oh wow, wow.
1: Three years after Eisenstadt died.
0: Wow. I don't know if he knew the family or you know did you what I mean? find the, anything buried under the one of the floorboards or something
1: well this is this is the reason I bring it up is that there was a section of the apartment that was locked with three padlocks, oh really, And, and that was the archives. Wow. And there was a, there was a, uh, a curator who had access to that room, um, that, that no one else did. So this was locked off. It was a section of the apartment blocked off. Somebody had access to it who wasn't there that night. Um, but the idea that, oh, this guy's famous negatives. We're sitting there in this room and Hmm. there is somebody I don't know if there's an endowment or the family or a foundation, right? Like what happened with the Saul Leiter stuff? You know, like the, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Greenberg galleries took it over and you know, the woman who was working
0: with him. Yeah. His, his his assistant. Yeah. uh, Right. 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 What was her name? French name, Marguerite.
1: Something like that. Something
0: like that. Yeah. Something like that. I think she was kind of curating it now. Right. So
1: now she becomes the curator of this, of this collection that remains valuable as far as we know. I mean, here's the thing in, in the modern digital world that gets a little easier, right? Because Mm -hmm, I mean, you could mm -hmm. theoretically scan these things at the necessary resolution and they will never be lost. Now there's, People who would argue, oh, we got to keep this physical thing around. That's fine. That's neither here nor there. That's not the case you're making. Yeah. Yeah. At at least there's a, this is an original, like this is is the canonical copy of this photograph or whatever, Mm -hmm. just for historical purposes. Because otherwise you may end up with like, the only thing you can find is a 600 pixel thing on some crappy website, (laughs) which
0: which you and I have seen a lot. And, and have done looking through our own b- bodies of work. Like, I wish I had that, but I only kept a screenshot or some some yeah, crappy JPEG. Yeah, right.
1: And that's and that's just you and me. And, you know, I was thinking about it the other day for, uh, you know, the, uh, Adobe has announced that Flash is going bye-bye by 2020, right? They're going to... Finally. Right. But what about all the stuff that was made on Flash that will no longer be readable? And, you know, shouldn't we have some sort of... Shouldn't they open well, source it, Flash so we was, can create a
0: player that can, you know... If it was already built, then it should work on any existing player.
1: Yes, but in 2020, there won't be players for the new browsers. You know what I mean? Like browsers could change in the next three years, so they don't use the old plugins anymore. Yeah, you know? Yeah. So I'm I, sure
0: there'll be some sort of compatibility mode or some open source. Yeah. So they uh, say about player. you know
1: PIX files from 1988, but no one has That's, the thing that opens them. You know, whatever. So if you've got
0: a, you're, you're basically you're saying if you've got a Flash website, it's it's time to go you know update
1: yes yeah yeah well yeah, you know what i'm saying i just yeah. I, I i worry for the loss of all this stuff for maybe it's lack of money but maybe it's lack of will mm-hmm. or lack of understanding of the importance uh you know there's there's been this big talk now about how oh this move to digital is going to cause this giant cultural shift in america and in the world right that that things are going to get lost now more than ever because all they are is these ephemeral things on our phones I tend to take the opposite tact, which is no, they're going to be on 73 different servers and they're going to be far right. less likely to get destroyed.
0: Right. Yeah. When, but, when, the, when there are 400 copies, you know, floating around in, in various incarnations, the odds of it going away completely are, are slimmer right. and slimmer, but
1: they're going to be different quality and they're going to be lost sure. in the noise of 400 trillion photos taken last year and, and, and all the rest of it. Right. Cause we don't, who tags anything anymore. You know, now right. we have Google photos, uh, a friend of ours, um, sent us some pictures from our wedding this morning and uh, cause he was going through his phone and he was uploading everything to Google photos. And he's like, Hey, I realized I never sent these over to you. And he sent them sort of shared the album with us via Google photos. And my Google photos said, Hey, these look like other pictures that you have in your thing. Do you want me to add them to the same event? Like it, it figured it out. Right. Which is pretty amazing, right? Like it saw the tags, it saw the people in the photos, it started putting things together AI-wise, and it, and it right, was smart right. about it. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I just worry about this stuff getting lost in the same way that these people die and then they're forgotten, and then the world moves on. And maybe that's just the way the world. And maybe I'm just getting old and 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 worried about all of us being forgotten. But right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what to do. Is it raising money and starting forgotten. a foundation? You know, um. I don't, I don't know. Me, me being forgotten. I just mean that, like that. That the idea that all this stuff that we've done just gets lost in the shuffle, and then none of it is experienced by anybody going forward. So, what's the point of making it now? I guess just for you know. I don't know. There's just this strange thing. Hmm. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know either. Yeah. Yeah. It's, just, it's sad to think that there are people out there who are ma- who made lovely work that is, you know, amazing that the families don't have the money to make sure that it stays around. Sure. You know, um, and people are going to say 20 years from now, hey, <laughs> whatever happened to that guy's stuff? Oh, they trashed it because his kids died and they didn't know what else to do with it and no one right. wanted it. right, right, right. right and right. then we say, how could people possibly have done that, you know? it's like well it's happening right now all around you and no one's doing anything about it anyway that's all I wanted to say I don't know if anybody has any thoughts on that send it in cause
0: uh
1: yeah if you Podcast. have an answer I'm
0: taking pictures
1: now I want to go see this Hockney show
0: uh it's it's good
1: yeah yeah I'm with you and you I'm could go up to in, in and out. out
0: Burger afterwards
1: did you uh in of and out course, much? of just course once?
0: uh just once Double yeah, double, just, uh, yes. With cheese, without cheese, with animal, An- yeah. animal. Oh yeah, uh, animal fries. No, no fries. I didn't have any fries. You don't like their fries. I don't like their fries.
3: Interesting.
1: Yeah, their fries kind of taste a, a, like
0: burnt potato chips to me. I I, I don't like In and ounce fries. I love their burgers. Don't like their fries. So uh, and I don't a like and shake instead.
1: You 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 also do not like uh, uh, Shake Shack burgers, but you do like their fries.
0: No, I don't like Shake Shack, period. At all, period. Okay. The only thing I like at Shake Shack are the uh, the, the black and white uh, shake custard things.
1: Uh, the concretes or whatever they call them?
0: Yeah, yeah. I like those. Uh,
1: yeah. How about Five Guys? You a Five Guy fan? No,
0: nah, I don't like sesame seeds.
1: They have uh, good fries at Five Guys, though.
0: They're okay. Uh, I, th- I think probably <laughs> my, my favorite burger place here is uh, one called The Habit, which uh, was started in 1969 in Santa Barbara, California. And they have them out here. Oh, there's wait, there's some in Maryland. Yeah. Where? There's one in Rockville on, on Rockville Pike. Just don't go back there. Yeah. It's making an REM joke. Ah, right. <laughs> it's really good too. Can you, you, have time to do it again?
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's get you, you're, you're exhausted. To the group. Let's, let's get you, let's go to the group.
0: To the group. Uh, last week was, uh, was communication. You want to bust out a little communication breakdown? Communication Nation.
1: Communication uh, Nation? Yeah, I think
0: it's another song. Huh. Uh, so, some interesting stuff. <laughs> man, um, this guy's suit is serious. Right? Woo! Look Steve at that man. Steve Merchant. Wow. That That is a serious suit. That that man, has he is feeling the love. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, red, register uh, Rock in City of Rocks. Did you see this thing where people yeah, wrote their names on there? That's hands? pretty neat. If, if, if you have that? not
0: seen these, if you want to follow along and see some of these photographs, it's the On Taking Pictures G Plus community. Um, and it where is. We have fifteen
1: seventeen hundred 1,700 members. Well, how many people? Are yeah. Uh, 19, 19, 1977,
0: 1977. Almost B i t bit.ly slash OTP group is the address.
1: City of Rocks. This is in Idaho, this, uh, this uh, thing. I that's, like when you go out West and you see
0: graffiti from 1830 and you know, right, like, yeah. right. it's like, wait, what? Uh, Mario. Like that's, I like the composition of that. Uh, two guys talking and some guy with a magazine was the magazine raised when you were taking the photograph because that person did not want to be in the photograph. Let us know, Mario.
1: Oh, uh, wait, where's that one? I don't see that one further down. Mario Mirabile. Mario Mirabile. Guy in
0: the red shirt and the, and the suit. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
1: Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I didn't even see the guy in the back. Okay, yep.
0: Yeah. Um, Clear Channel Billboard Communication at Seattle's Beacon Hill Arts Center. Mike Waller. Hi, Mike. Um, Noah Stevens. Uh Some guy takes by a picture of a telephone. And thinks, oh, shit, it's you. Oh, Jesus, that's me. Uh, I just thought it was funny that they put a defibrillator... Next to the phone. Because the only people who would actually
1: use a phone on the wall are people who are going to have a heart attack. <laughs> they're so old.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Bill Wadman, friend to the elderly. Uh, I love this. Sh- another one from Mario. The, the two ladies using their phones. Terrific shot.
1: Isn't
2: it
0: also
1: um, interesting that Larry Shapiro and the other guy up top both took pictures of like petroglyphs and and graffiti? Right. Oh wait right. a minute! I've been to this petroglyph place. This is uh yeah newspaper rock. Yep, I've been there. Historic monument in, in Utah in a Utah state monument. It's uh it's on the way into Canyonlands, I think. Hmm. Nice
0: that one. Yep. 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 Yep.
1: Wow, uh, uh, Jason Kinney with the girl with the gun. Yeah, Whoa. I don't.
0: Uh, sorry, Jason. Don't I don't dig looking down the barrel of a gun. I've done it once before, and I hope never to do it again. Wow.
1: Yeah, that's, that's serious.
0: Uh, Bobby Ellis. I like the light in that shot. Relationships are all about communication. That golden moment fades over time and we're left to wonder what reality and the future holds. I myself am getting married in the near future. Congratulations, Bobby. And have to admit that I'm scared. Don't be scared, it's the best thing in the world. Uh am I really in love? Yes you are. Uh is the woman I'll is this the woman I'll love forever? Uh Fifty percent says yes. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you've got all the answers today. Uh, yeah. Don't like, worry about forever. Worry about now.
1: <laughs> I like Barry's shot of the uh
0: the the uh, antennae. It's yeah. kind of cool too. Yeah. Uh, Robert Barone. I like that semaphore shot. That's pretty cool. Wait, who is that? Stepfather's <laughs> life. He had you know, the, eighteen. Wow. Did look. did I mention by the way last week that the help cover does not spell out help? Yes. Yes. Okay, <laughs> good. Look at this. Uh, He enrolled at 18. He got to leave the Bronx for the first time and travel the world on cargo ships. Fortunately, he brought his camera, took this photo of his mate Pete Stella somewhere in the Mediterranean. That's a terrific photograph. Hey,
1: Pete, get up there and wave those flags around.
0: (laughs) I ain't getting up there. The wind's
1: blowing. Pete, would you get up there? I got to send this to my ma. (laughs) <laughs> that, it's actually that was an actual recording from
0: yeah no it <laughs> was really good we were lucky enough to get that thank <laughs> you uh robert for sending that in <laughs> really uh, good
1: uh, uh, all another right. one from
0: robert that that ear audio surveillance zone look at that it's kind of creepy
1: yeah
0: when i was a boy in the densely populated bronx of the 1950s my mother would often say be careful what you say the walls have ears so imagine my surprise at finding out she was exactly right that's a terrific shot robert
1: bum, bum, bum. right and creepy yeah
0: yeah, it is kind of creepy, right? It seems like uh, one of those things, like you know the
1: Michelangelo slaves, where it's like they're unfinished; they look like they're breaking out of the stone. Right, right. This is like there's some giant monster stuck in the concrete. Right, to smash out. One day, one day, I'm gonna get out of here. It's like his hairline up top. You see? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, next Tim Timoteo. Well, oh, wait, one more. Oh, Tim Timoteo,
0: finger in the ear while on the phone. Is an old school communication tactic that still works in the modern world. That's a that's a fun composition.
1: It is true. I saw that guy too. Yeah, um, finger in the ear. Yeah, uh, I like that drummer picture too. Collage that's composite, a lot of good stuff.
0: Yeah, collage composite. Look at you, just like moving on. All right. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, I, I so, thought we were down the bottom. No, I, a lot of good stuff in here. Anyway, go to the group. Uh, you can you can see uh, when you when you if you if you've never been there before, you go to the group for the first time. You'll see everything that's been posted. It is one of the horrible design flaws of 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 google plus one of many you go filter uh, on
1: the side you see the uh you yeah see you click on
0: assignments questions. and that'll that'll show you the assignments most recent uh back to to least recent what most recent be?
1: least recent most recent most uh newest to oldest yep there you go yeah there you go um okay
0: now go ahead Oh, what do you
1: going? Uh, I was just going to say the the assignment for next week is once again hashtag collage composite.
0: Yeah, I like the idea of your this. I like on. the idea of yeah, look at the Hockney picture of Pear Blossom Highway and make up a, a a composite of maybe different focal lengths. Zoom in with your with your either with your lens or with your feet. And and let's see what you come up with. That's a that's a fun one. I think. I think a lot of those actually are. I
1: don't know if he zoomed all that much, or if he was just standing in one place and taking a bunch of things, and then there's just the way they and overlap just, and change, yeah, sticking them,
0: them together. Yeah, that was that wasn't a print. That was like the actual thing. At the at oh, the so there's
1: it. actually slices of papers oh yeah. overstacked. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's it, it's same with the uh, the Polaroids. Those aren't prints of the. Pol- those are the actual things.
1: Uh, that'd be interesting. Is. Pr- god how much does it cost for a print nowadays 25 cents 30 cents for a maybe for a four by six yeah how does how much does Adorama charge for a four by six because you could almost print them out and actually lay it out if you had the money you know I don't want a photo well book. if you go 19
0: print. cents a print that print there that that pear blossom highway would cost you 150 bucks Yeah, it's nineteen cents a print.
1: The uh, luster uh, twenty-seven cents for a glossy or luster print for four by six.
0: Okay, so now you're into two hundred sixteen dollars. Yeah, that would cost you a lot of money. Yeah,
1: you know, interestingly enough, uh, the guy around the around the corner from me, I was walking around yesterday, started talking to this guy Al who lives around the corner, and he had gotten a letter from the city. Apparently, the sidewalk in front of your house is your, you know, you have to get the snow off of it and, and right. deal with all that kind of stuff. Right. But if the if something happens to the sidewalk, like there's a problem with it, it's your responsibility to fix the sidewalk in front of your house. Really? Yep. Unless it is caused by tree roots or something natural that you have no control over. So huh. this guy got a letter from the city that says, you know, you're in violation, blah, blah, blah. And now he's got to go push back to, to get it so they doesn't have to pay for it. Wow. The reason I bring it up is that uh, in the letter, it says how much it costs, how much the city would charge him to do the work by square foot of sidewalk. What do you think the amount is per square foot of sidewalk? Per square foot? Realizing that they will be replacing probably two four by four foot chunks, right? Because it's sort of sectioned two off. Two right? four by four foot chunks. So say thirty thirty two 32 square feet. Of of sidewalk, how much do you think the city would charge you to fix it if you don't fix it yourself?
0: I don't know, a thousand bucks.
1: Yeah, fifteen, fifteen, sixteen bucks a square foot. It ends up being about five hundred bucks, hmm. which is actually less than I thought they would charge to do. Yeah,
0: it. I, I like I said, thousand. I, I would think <clears throat> you know a grand. Yeah. You got to have a team, you know, it, it's going to be at least two guys coming out. Right.
1: Square footage is very deceiving though. Right. Cause you're like, Oh, 15 bucks. That's not that bad. You go, no, 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 no. But there's like 30, just these little two things is 32 square feet. Right. It adds right. up fast. You know, anyway, just thought that was interesting. Uh, photographer of the week. Uh, wait, can I jump well, in one last sure. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: somebody that we have talked about quite a bit on the show, Alex Soth, Alex Soth, Soth yep, 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 yep. Soth. Uh, I think it's Soth. Um has a new book available for pre-order called sleeping by the mississippi i know his books sell out very quickly uh you can find it at macbooks uh and it is macbooks.co.uk his stuff sells out really quickly um so if you are a fan of alec then uh uh, check it out sleeping by the mississippi
1: uh apparently uh, originally came out in 2008
0: is it a new printing new printing um, and there's oh, a limited it's a, yeah, edition with a slipcover and then a regular edition. I think it's $50, 50 for bucks. the, the non slip covered edition.
1: Probably worth it. Yeah. Um, interesting. I also, uh, wanted to buy the, the, um, walked through the Met with my mother the other day and saw, uh, wanted to show her the pen show, which I think closed this weekend. Mm, um, hmm and the pen Show had a big, giant tome of a book uh, along with it that uh, that that I wanted to get a copy of. So, um, if anybody wants to buy me the book, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I need to, I I put it on my wish list. I got to go throw it in my thing. Uh, was the drawings book at the, Was the but, drawings
0: book at Frank Lloyd Wright? Uh,
1: you know, I didn't I didn't notice that they're doing all this crazy construction um, mm. uh, at at MoMA right now. So I didn't get to go in the store. Mm. But there oh yeah there is. It's called Frank Lloyd Wright Unpacking the Archive. Oh, okay. I don't have that one. What I have the, show is the, is
0: the called. big drawings book.
1: Uh okay. So yeah, it's called Unpacking the Archive. It is uh uh yeah, this is the show it's forty four dollars for the for this one. So I'll put I'll put links to uh to these books in the show notes for those of you who are into this kind of stuff. The the you know pen what? one is called Centennial.
0: I've got hold on hold on one sec. Keep, keep talking. I'm going to grab something off my bookshelf. It's right behind me. I just need to take my headphones off.
1: All right. Get your headphones off. Now that Jeffrey's not here, people. Let's say terrible things. No, I'm just kidding.
3: Okay. Uh, All right. What um, do you got?
0: Let me see. If, this, if you are a Frank Lloyd Wright fan, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright inter... More of a fan of Frank Lloyd Wrong. Right. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright Interactive Portfolio. Okay, so I have this thing. It's called the Frank Lloyd Wright Interactive Portfolio, and it's a slip-covered book. But inside the book, in, in addition to uh, you know, photos and essays, there are little bits of reproduced ephemera, letters, okay. uh, drawings that fold out. It comes with a CD of, of interviews with Frank Lloyd Wright. Uh, and it's, it's really, really well done. And it was put together... Um, by Margot Stipe, who I think was was either his, his secretary or, or one of his assistants at Taliesin. Um, but it's it's a really neat uh, what's it called Frank Lloyd Wright what Frank Lloyd Wright interactive portfolio and like they'll have these little vellum sleeves with with uh, uh, re, like facsimile reproductions of letters that he wrote to colleagues and, and clients it is very cheap uh, five
1: dollars yeah. and 31 cents
0: yeah. You can get a hardcover. Yeah. It's really inexpensive. Like new, it's probably 10 bucks if it's, if it's that.
1: Yeah. That's new. That's new price.
0: Yeah. And there's uh, a
1: book supplement for 13 bucks too. I don't know what that's for, but I'll yeah. put a link in the description. so,
0: show uh, you know, there, there are some drawings, uh, like blueprints reproduced. Um, and it's, you know, some personal letters. It's a neat little thing. And it's like I said, it's not, it's not expensive, but if you are a fan of, of, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright's work, uh, this is kind of a neat thing to add to your library.
1: I uh, I made my mother on the way back from uh, town. She was kind of sitting on the subway, just kind of staring at Conrad and I. And so I pulled wondering up wondering why and where uh, it all went wrong. Exactly. Uh, I uh, I gave her that ninety nine percent invisible uh, thing about Frank Lloyd Wright called uh, oh, Sonia. Yeah. Sonia One. Yeah, uh, where he yeah. talks about the 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 what the hell the people's name that had the house. You know what I mean? The you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'll put a link in the show notes to that too because if you're at all interested in him, you should definitely listen to uh to this uh, uh
0: episode which is really kind of great. You know the uh, he also invented the cantilevered toilet.
1: Uh yes, and the term carport.
0: Yeah. Yep. So uh
1: who didn't? Uh photographer of the week. <laughs> uh, so last week we had this long discussion about uh the woman who won the uh the olive cotton prize, an Australian right. portrait prize. Right. By I don't know, taking the spit of her grandmother or something.
0: Um what was it? her grandmother? No, it Drew. On s- it. I know. I'm just s- kidding. drew yeah. up <laughs> taking the spit.
1: <laughs> by the way, I found a uh a really I interesting... called this
0: Spit from Mima. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I did find a an article about um <coughs> excuse me. Uh about people getting very, very angry about uh about uh, uh about Yeah, that post it thing. in as a follow up. Yeah, I got to find it cuz I had it here. These now.
0: are nice, man. Olive Cotton's pictures are
1: beautiful. Right. So it turns out the 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 award is named after a woman named Olive Cotton who uh was uh alive 1911 to 2003 and she was a modernist female modernist photographer in the 30s and 40s and I point out the female only just to point out that we'd like to bring up uh female photographers of that era because they're, you know, unremembered or, you know, less remembered as than remembered. they should yeah, be yeah, sure, yeah, as they sure. should be um and uh uh yeah you know what else is always interesting to me is looking at okay her work if you click on i'll put some links in the show notes guys um there's a there's a her wikipedia article and also the there's a, a gallery page yeah let's look at her work the, the okay the look of the the glasses with the with the low yep, light yep, with the low the, sh- uh, yep.
0: long shadows right. yeah T-cup sure cup
1: ballet these 1930s modernist photographs that could easily be Steichen photographs you know could easily that 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 there are movements mm-hmm. in photography where there are dozens or hundreds or thousands of artists sort of playing around with the same ideas because right. that's
0: the zeitgeist of the time Have, having similar aha moments
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Or see somebody else's thing and go, "Oh, that's really neat." I'm going to go in that direction. Right. Uh, uh, at bottom of that second uh link, Jeffrey, is uh the picture Max after surfing. Uh, let's see, it's the oh yeah, bottom yeah. row, second
0: in. Yeah, could be of could have been taken yesterday.
1: S- super cool of of her friend uh, Max uh, from yeah. 1939. Uh, she ended up marrying this man who uh was a, f- a photographer himself. Uh, they got married and then they ended up getting divorced.
0: Um, but his shadow detail.
1: Yeah. His work is very similar
0: actually. Um, cigarette in hand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's got his, got his, got his, his, his chambray shirt draped over the back of the thing. Just came out of the water.
1: She got her Brownie camera at 11 years old, uh, and, uh, shot a ton of stuff, joined, you know, a, a camera club, started shooting, uh, in Australia during the 1930s, this is from the Wikipedia article, clients assumed a man would be the photographer. Cotton Riley referred to herself as the assistant. However, nice. whenever possible, Cotton photographed uh, visiting celebrities, interesting objects in the studio, even capturing Dupain working on, uh, in her piece, fashion shot, uh, uh, Cronulla Hills, circa 1937 and made portraits of him. So, you know, she, she basically shot her soon to be husband uh because people didn't take her seriously. Right. Um even though she's t- probably more remembered than her husband is even. Um so she For, married him in 1939, row. broke up in 1944. Fourth row uh
0: right side. Look at that shot of Gwyneth Stone. Beautiful composition. Fourth row.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful look at, composition. Look at the clothes too. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um so really lovely stuff and you know I are you interested in the 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 still life kind of stuff, tabletop still life. I do like still life. Yeah. I think um, it's
0: it's one of those genres of photography that is, has that is largely lost momentum and been replaced by food photography. Food photography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sad, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's not the same thing.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh, so Olive Cotton, uh, which is, uh, you know, why the uh, award last week was named that. Just wanted to. Yeah. Do uh and, and do a
0: Google image search as well as as following the links on the in the show notes. There's yep. some terrific stuff up there. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful work.
1: So yeah, olive cotton. Yeah, good one. Um got anything else? Uh
0: mm, no, I don't think so.
1: All right. We'll go to Sleepy. A
0: nap. Yeah. Sleepy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh if you want to get a hold of us three four seven six eight seven ninety four eleven, you can leave a voicemail or uh send us a email podcast at odd taking pictures.com and we love of course, getting emails. Yeah. Uh of course uh Jeffrey uh, uh is Jeffrey Sidoris uh on Instagram and Twitter. I am Bill Wadman on Instagram and Twitter.
0: Yep. Um and um go oh uh go check photography by the dot com. Book should be out this week in ebook form. And uh, a Kickstarter campaign for the print version to follow.
1: I'll put another link in the show notes.
0: Groovy, thanks. I
1: love it on the red. The red's the red's where it's at. It's not bad, right? No, the red's nice. The red makes yeah. it. If that was sitting on white on the page, then you'd have to put like a a weird drop shadow to make it work. This yeah. is this. I'd, I'd kind of like move. to do
0: a red slip cover. Mm.
1: Yeah, like the same thing in red, or you know what actually could be cool, like a what's Like that? a fifty percent, uh, uh, like like a red a red just tinting cover, you know, that goes on so that you can see. Oh yeah. Like a sleeve. Yeah. Like, like,
0: uh, uh, Sagmeister did that for, for one of his, his books. Um, he printed printed in, in one color ink and then you slid the red sleeve over it and it, and it, it, it made a different photograph. There you go. But yeah, like a red, a red sleeve. That would be, that would be. You
1: think that guy's a good PR guy or do you think his work is really up to the level that everyone talks about it?
0: Well, I think you just asked two, two different questions. Okay. Yes. I think he's terrific PR. I think he speaks about design really well. Yeah. I don't always think that his projects themselves land. Okay. But I think I, I, I love his passion about design. I love where he's trying to go with design. I just, some of the stuff just doesn't connect for me. Fair enough. It's yeah, a yeah, little yeah. too abstract for me. Interesting. Yeah. Uh,
1: and also interesting enough i found here look at this i'm gonna put i'll put a link in the show notes but i'm also gonna send it to you jeffrey in skype uh just looking through uh all cotton stuff on uh oh look at that somebody did an analysis of one of her yeah with all her, the leading lines and everything yeah, that's yeah, cool called a uh, teacup ballet that's uh, cool which is kind of cute just the way people yeah. analyze stuff is always fascinating yeah that's that's pretty neat um all right you go take a nap everyone else go uh go take some pictures and uh we'll see you back here
0: next week yep we'll see you here for uh episode 276 six. 276 next week have a good week everyone yeah.
2: going on and on the way we are for so This way